0: until Pastor D said it's the first sermon and it hit me and then adrenaline just rushed through me. So this, this might be a little rough this first few minutes here, but, but you know, there's a lot of firsts. Welcome to Grace Covenant Church, DC. You're listening to our weekly sermon podcast. We hope that you enjoy this message. You're the first service in our first building. Do we have any guests in here? Is your first time at Grace Covenant Church? Yeah, so this is, so we have our first guest and our first service in our first building. So, so now we can all be nervous together. And since it's our new building, this will be the first time that I can preach for two hours. All right, so. <laughs> but you know, when I think about first, there's one thing that is first among everything. And it's our God. He existed before we existed. He existed before the world. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, He produced something called His kingdom. And His kingdom existed before the formation of the earth, before we were ever born or living or any kingdom that has risen and fallen over the years. The kingdom of God, was first and primary and will never end. And this month, we are in our sermon series, The Kingdom of God. And so this is the third week, and so I'm excited to share and jump in here with you all. And uh, Grace Covenant Church is a part of a worldwide family of churches and ministry called Every Nation. And we share the same core values with Every Nation. And it's five basic core values: it's Lordship, evangelism, discipleship, leadership and family. And when you talk about the kingdom of God, it's very easy to touch on all five of our core values. But today there'll be a little lean towards lordship. And this message is called Living Kingdom. How we as people live kingdom. And there's three aspects of living kingdom that I want to highlight today. The first one is entering the kingdom and then living in the kingdom And then third, inviting the kingdom. And then I'll have three practical applications for each one of those that you can put in your pocket and take with you this week so that we can all practice living kingdom. So, Father, we thank you so much for all that you're doing. You are first and foremost. And I pray that you would allow this word to be something that you speak to people. It's not just me speaking, but it's you speaking to us. So, Father, help us in this moment. In Jesus' name amen all right is that time right? <laughs> okay okay all right so the first step entering the kingdom I'm going to be the first one to go over the time so in John chapter 3 verses 1 through 5 it says this now there was a Pharisee a man named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council he came to Jesus at night and said rabbi We know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are not old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. (laughs) So Nicodemus was a Pharisee and a teacher. He was a professional religious man. He was trained. He was an academic. He was a teacher. He was a student. He was fashioned and groomed his whole life to understand what we call the Old Testament. And here he is in this moment, speaking to what Jesus was doing. And he looked at Jesus and he said, he said, I no I, I Noah could perform the signs you are doing. So he saw what Jesus was doing. You ever, and it says, he says, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. You ever think you know something, but you really don't know what you don't know? Because he was kind of partly right here, wasn't he? So Jesus was a teacher. He did come from God, but that's not all he was. But he said "As we know that you're this based off of we see you doing this. But Jesus' response to him was not based on what Jesus did, but on the place that enabled Jesus to do what they saw him doing. He was talking about the kingdom of God. He told Nicodemus, no one can see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. He says here, he says, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God. Translation, Jesus leaned forward and said, real talk, you ain't seen nothing yet. You see, what you think you saw is not the kingdom of God. It's a piece of it. It's a part of it. But you're basing something that you can say, I know that you're this based off of what I saw. And then Jesus speaks to what he saw and says, no one can see unless you're born again. And Nicodemus wasn't born again yet. So what did he see? I can hold an apple here for you. And you can touch it, you can taste it, you can feel it. But that is the fruit of the tree in which it came from. You can't look at an apple and say, oh, I know the tree that it came from because I see the fruit. And the fruit is real and it's true, but we know in part. But you cannot see the tree. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. So all Jesus did was point out that the signs that Nicodemus was speaking about are signs that are meant to point him into the direction of the kingdom of God, not just the works or the fruit of the kingdom of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? There were signs that pointed him towards that. Why is this important? The reason why we have signs that point us to the kingdom of God is because it's very easy for us to be going in the wrong direction and enter a kingdom that is not the kingdom of God. And it's subtle, because we have the kingdom of God, which we know, you know is something that's perfect and holy, and then there's everything else. There's different degrees and variations, and I think for those of you who may have grown up in the church or you're believers in God or you believe in Jesus, it's kind of easy to say, yeah, yeah, I know what the kingdom of darkness looks like. Because that's evil or that's sinful or something really bad and dark. You guys know what I'm talking about. But everything else that, that kind of has those nuances of, well, this ain't that bad. It's still not the kingdom of God. I'm going to say something deep to you. Anything that's not the kingdom of God is not the kingdom of God. Siri agrees. She said amen. Amen. So make sure you enter into the right kingdom. Entering the kingdom. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, we're going to read the scripture three times for the rest of the day. And it says this, the disciples are asking Jesus how to pray. Not what to pray, but how should we pray, Jesus? And Jesus' response was this. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, theologically speaking, Jesus is God. But remember, they said, how do we pray? So he was modeling how to pray. So if you ever wondered why Jesus would refer to God as if it's something separate from himself, it's because most of the time he's modeling how we are to pray and how we are to interact with our Father in heaven. But Jesus is praying. He could have said, my kingdom come, my will be done. But then guess what? everybody else would have been validated because we pray that all the time. We don't use those words, but it's in our heart. Well, Jesus did it, so I can do it. But he modeled the correct way of how to pray. He said, your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus didn't say mine. So when you pray, when you approach God, is it your kingdom that you want done and the will, your will that you want done, or is it his? Why is that important? Because the easiest way to not enter into the kingdom of God is to enter into your own kingdom. And that's what I meant by it's, it's, it's easy because you're like, well, I'm not the devil. I don't think anyone in here is the devil. I hope you don't think that either. But it's the, again, it's not, well, I'm not in the, the kingdom of the devil, but are you in your kingdom? Or are you trying to build your kingdom inside of God's kingdom? And it doesn't work like that. There's only room for one king and one Lord. Anyone like the movie Lion King? Anybody not see the movie Lion King? Man, spoiler alert, Mufasa dies, Simba wins. So (laughs) I would encourage you to see it. It came out, I don't know, 25 years ago. So... But this, this movie is on repeat in my car, uh, in my house for the most part. It's in heavy rotation. There's a whole new meaning for me with the circle of life. It just, it, it just keeps going and going. It's the so... But as I'm driving, I'm, I'm listening. I can't watch the movie because it won't let me put the movie on. I'm glad because I can actually focus on the road. But I get to listen to this movie over and over and over again. And about a week or so ago, I was, I was listening to it again for the umpteenth time and the same day, and <laughs> something kind of hit me, and I was like, man, that's, that's kind of deep, and, and you know, like when you stare at something long enough, you start to see something that no one else can see. This might be one of those times to so just agree with me, just make me feel better about myself, but there's a scene early in the movie. Where Simba wakes up his father. He's like, Come on, dad. And they run out and they go out and they're looking over their kingdom. It's like with the first five minutes of the movie, right? And Mufasa, and I wrote it down, I want to read it verbatim, but he says, Look, Simba. (laughs) There's more based on this mic than first service this morning. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. Look, Simba, everything the light touches is our kingdom. A king's time as ruler rises and falls like the sun. And one day, Simba, the sun will set on my time here and will rise with you as the new king. And I'm like, wow, this is a great moment of a father imparting something to his son. But then I caught something. Just a few moments later, Simba has his first solo song of the movie and reveals his heart. And what's the name of the song? Oh, I just can't wait. And so he's singing this song. And I realized this: Simba doesn't know what he's saying. He's a, he's a baby cub, so there's some ignorance there. But he doesn't realize this based off of what his father just said. In order for Simba to be king, that means Mufasa isn't. And I don't think he was sitting, there, I can't wait to be king, and my dad's no longer in the picture. If anything, he might have thought you could have both. But let me tell you, you can enter into the wrong kingdom if you just can't wait to be king. And let me tell you, God's kingdom reigns supreme over every kingdom, and the sun will never set on King Jesus. But you can close your eyes to his kingdom, and the sun can set in that way. And without knowing it, it's subtle. But by you can't, when you can't wait to establish what you want, in essence, what you're doing is saying, I want to be king of my own life. And in doing so, you may love Jesus and say, I want Jesus to be Lord. But if you start to make decisions in every area of your life based off of what you want, then you become Lord. And the Lord is no longer your Lord. You can't have two. You can't have both. And so it's possible to enter into the wrong kingdom. We want to enter into the right kingdom. I'm not going to sing this part, even though I really want to. No one's saying, do this. No one's saying, be there. No one's saying, stop that. No one's saying, Free to run around all day. Free to do it all my way. And isn't it funny how you can say something so demonic, but it sounds good because it has a nice melody behind it. Because you watch the movie, say, isn't it simple cute? He's sliding down the neck of that giraffe. Look at him go. He's going to be king someday. It's going to be great. Not knowing that at the heart of what he's singing is selfishness. Let me, I hope you have someone in your life who will tell you to do this, be there, stop that, and see here. Because our idea of freedom, being that you can run around and do whatever you want all day, that's not freedom. That's in the third point that I'll get to later. But that's not real freedom. Freedom but you have to enter into the right kingdom. Amen? Here's the practical application for the first point. Surrender your life and your will to Jesus. I didn't say it was the easy. It was the practical point. Believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead and confess with your mouth that he is Lord. And that's all it takes for you to be born again and enter into the kingdom of God. And Pastor D stated in the first week of this series that being born again and entering into the kingdom of God is the starting point, not the finish line. Which leads us to our second point, living in the kingdom. If entering the kingdom is the starting point, then living in the kingdom, that's the race, baby. That's the sweet spot. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, we'll go back to it. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So there's a distinction here that Jesus is making, is that he's praying to our Father in heaven, but he's also praying that his kingdom would come and his will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. So no matter what zip code you live in, you live on earth. At least most of us do. But no matter where you live, the kingdom of God can be on earth, which means we can live in the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not just somewhere that you can just, you know, that you should just visit and then come back to your own kingdom. You don't come to church on Sunday morning, even though some do, and you kind of have your weekly moment, your pilgrimage downtown or to wherever your church is, and you take the selfie, you check in, you let people know I'm spiritual and God loves me and I feel good about myself, only to leave that kingdom there and go back to your own kingdom. But Jesus was praying this, and I love the fact that Jesus prays the prayers that God once prayed. So if Jesus prayed, let your will be done and let your kingdom come on this earth. That wasn't a wish. He was praying the very heart and will of God, meaning what? It's God's desire that we live in his kingdom on earth as we would in heaven. See, prior to this, I believe one of the only ways people thought that they can enter into the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, which are both interchangeable words is If you died and go to heaven, and heaven is a place, but it's also a place that you can live in before you die. Do you gonna hear what I'm saying? It is possible to live in the kingdom of God. We bought a house back in 2012, yeah, you can clap for that moment. <laughs> but we bought a house back in 2012 and we use a first-time homebuyer's program called HPAP. Anybody heard of HPAP before? <laughs> and I know things have changed over the years, but long and short of it, we qualified for HPAP. We went through all the stuff, and what they did is they gave us a lot of money, $40-something thousand dollars, I don't know, something like that, to put towards the down payment of our home, which really helped us move into the house. And we have to pay that money back over the course of 25, 30 years. But they're small payments spread out over, you know, a couple of decades. And it's 0% interest on that. So, so there's no need to pay that off sooner than later. That's a privilege. Would you all agree? That's a good thing. I, I'm, I'm grateful for it. But this past year or two, when we're considering about, you know, what's next for our family? Are we going to buy another home? Are we going to, what are we going to do? What are our options? And so whenever we look at the options, you know, I always come up with the same idea, Um, may not be the best idea, but it's the same one that my wife has to let me know, remind me about this, but it's simply this. Why don't we just rent our house out? Our mortgage is low, we can rent it high, we can make money to pay for our other house. Sounds great. And she always says this, which is written in our terms, and it's basically this, The moment that you are no longer the primary residence of that home, you no longer have the privilege of the HPAP program. See, some of you already connected to us. Y'all smart. But the moment we no longer live in that house, the privileges that came with that program are lost, and we have to pay it all back in that moment. Or else we begin to live illegally. There are benefits that come with the kingdom of God. And when you make it your dwelling place, the place that you live, that's when you receive all the benefits. But the moment the kingdom of God is no longer your primary residence, fill in the blank. And there are benefits. You know, in Canada, you get free health care. Germany, free college. Did you all know that in the Netherlands... You can have up to two years of like sickly with 70% of your pay. That's a, that's a benefit. I mean, I'm <coughs> feeling a little sick No, But those privileges only apply when you're in those kingdoms. But unfortunately, too many times we want to visit the kingdom of God. We treat it like an embassy in a spy movie. Pick any spy movie you want. And when they're operating overseas somewhere, you do your dirt, you break in, you're in a high-speed car chase. People are chasing you down. And you are running for what? The gates of that embassy. Because as long as I can set foot on the land, that's called the United States of America, which is set up all around the world, they kind of get through the gate, and everyone that was chasing them gets stopped at the gate because the military is there and said, you can't come in and get them. They're protected now. And although the kingdom of God is a safe place, too many times we want to live out in the other kingdoms. And when trouble comes, we want to run to the embassy of God. And then we get behind those gates and I'm like, ooh, they almost got me. Woo! Are they gone? All right, thanks, guys. I'm gonna go back out. And we live this yo yo kind of life of I go to church when I need to, when I need something from God. And we wonder why the kingdom of God is not advancing in our workplaces, in our schools, in our homes, in our hearts. It's like visiting a gym once a week, but frustrated. You're not seeing real transformation take place. Don't just visit the kingdom of God. Buy property in it. No time shared, Don't rent. Live there. Live there. So enter the kingdom and live in the kingdom. Here's the practical application. You ready? This is deep. Read your Bible every day. If you read your Bible every day, you allow the truth and the word of God to be planted in you so that in times of need or crisis, you don't have to run to the kingdom because you already live in there. This past week, we had a God's Not Dead event at the University of Maryland, and there's a guy named Dr. Gillian, and he was telling what he calls Titanic Moments. And he was in a three-person submarine about two to two and a half miles underwater and they were touring the Titanic wreckage. And while they were down there, they got, their submarine got stuck in the propeller of the Titanic. And he thought he was gonna die. He, at first he was nervous, at first he started thinking, how am I gonna get out of here? He's, he's got his PhD in physics, astronomy, and mathematics. So he's calculating how much hydrogen, and two parts oxygen are in the air and how many seconds he has and all this stuff. And all these things are going through his mind. But he said this, all of a sudden, at the bottom of the ocean, the peace of God began to flood his soul. And he recalled back and, and to, to a time that he had said earlier where when he was first pursuing God, him and his girlfriend read through the Bible. It took them two years to read through the entire Bible. And he said there was a scripture that he remembered for when he was reading through the Bible. And it was this right here, Psalm 139, verse 7 through 10. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me down he was able to tap into something that was already living on the inside of him. He didn't have to go somewhere to get a piece of the kingdom of God to help him in his titanic situation. He couldn't pull up his Bible app. There's no reception down there unless you have Verizon. But no one pays for that. But in your moment, he couldn't pull up his Bible app or pull up Google and say, okay, peace scriptures. Let me see where it's at. But he was able to go back into the catalog of his mind and his soul with something that was planted and living inside of him, that even when he had no reception in the darkest of the darkest places, underwater, under the pressure and the weight of all that, the kingdom of God was there and he was able to access one of the privileges of the kingdom of God. In Romans 14:17 says for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Anybody want more righteousness, peace, and joy in your life? Those are the benefits of making the kingdom of God your primary residence. And I love this, the privilege of the kingdom transcends physical Boundaries. It's not relegated to longitude or latitude. It goes wherever you go. Which leads me to my third point inviting the kingdom. Matthew 6, verse 9 through 10, again, it says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, this is not just inviting. When I say inviting the kingdom, it's not just inviting people to come to church, which is a good thing, and you should do that. Invite people to meetings. Invite them to your small group. Invite them to church. But the inviting that I'm referring to is simply this, is you bringing the kingdom into every situation that you are in, to every job that you have, to every conversation that you have, to every relationship you are in. Are you inviting the kingdom of God into that moment. You see, the kingdom of God is not limited to a place you go. It's a place that goes. Jesus prayed. He said, your kingdom come. He didn't say, God, take us all to your kingdom right now. Let's end it all. We're ready. But he was inviting the kingdom of God to come from heaven to earth. We should do the same because that's how we should pray. Anybody agree with that? You know, what is our three-step discipleship process in our church? Okay, that wasn't too confident, but it was accurate. (laughs) Connect, equip, and go. We connect for intimacy, we equip for influence, and we go for increase. Increase. And it's very quick and easy and and partially correct to think of going when it comes to increase as addition or multiplication or growing our church, becoming bigger, more people. And bringing more people into the kingdom of God is an amazing and it's a great thing to do and to practice and believe God for. But let me tell you, when we go for increase, it's not just for quantity. It's for quality as well. Is the kingdom of God increasing everywhere that you go? Because when you go, what should be increasing and advancing is the kingdom of God, pushing back against the darkness of this world. And that's what happens when you invite the kingdom of God. In Joshua 1.3, he said, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Now, he's speaking to a physical place and the the kingdom and the boundaries and all that that were being formed in the land that God was giving them. But I believe on this side of the cross, this same truth, I believe, applies to us as believers. That everywhere your foot sets to, every place you go, he's given us that. You ready for the practical application? The next time you're in an argument, ask the question, where is the kingdom of God right now? <laughs> this past week, I think it was Sunday night, last Sunday, Monday night, having a conversation with my wife. And she's like, hey, I want to talk about some stuff. I'm like, yeah, cool, let's talk. And then I begin to talk. <laughs> And I was like, hey, I'm preaching next Sunday on the kingdom of God. And I'm thinking about doing this. And what do you think about this? And I'm giving examples or some thoughts. I'm just kind of preparing for what what would I talk about in the following week. And I probably talked for 15, 20 minutes. And then she began to talk. And at some point in the conversation, my response, how should I put this? Oh, yeah. It wasn't something that you would say in the kingdom of God. It was, it was kind of out here somewhere. It wasn't like oh, overtly sinful or like I didn't cuss at her. I didn't yell at her. I wasn't arguing. What I said wasn't inherently untruthful or wasn't lying. But remember, whatever is not the kingdom of God is not the kingdom of God. But what I said, it lacked a little something. I don't think Jesus would have talked to her the way that I talked to her in that moment. And so I responded and we're talking and she kind of stops and then she says, so you're preaching on the kingdom of God on Sunday, right? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. She's like, what, what, where is the kingdom at in what you just said? That's like, girl, you- oh yeah. Yeah, a- yeah. And it's not just because I was like, man, that's 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 gonna be my third point for the sermon right there. That's a- yeah. But I'm not gonna lie, it was so helpful in that moment because again, I wasn't completely operating and walking and talking in the vein of the kingdom of God. See, there was an opportunity for increase in my relationship with my wife and how I spoke and communicated to her. And she helped me. The next time you have a conversation, it do not have to be another Christian. It could be anybody. Ask yourself, where is the kingdom of God at in here right now? Can I step on your toes for a second? Someone said no, but I heard someone say yes. So I'll take the yes. So... What if you ask that question when you're working on your budget? When you're trying to decide what you're going to major in, when you're trying to decide on whether or not you're going to put a ring on that finger or not. Are you inviting the kingdom of God into that moment? Some of us, us need to ask this question when you watch TV. Where is the kingdom of God in this? Some of y'all need to ask the question when you're using your cousin's HBO subscription password. That's bad enough what comes on HBO, but the fact of how you watch it is the kingdom of God. Okay, I'm sorry. That was your whole foot, not just your toes. My bad, let me back up. But do you invite the kingdom of God into those moments? When you do that, it goes from, you move from just going to church to being the church in every area of your life. Let's ask that question, amen? And I'll close real fast with this. A lot of times we have issue with the kingdom of God because we, we are kind of grown up in a way that we think that anything that has boundaries is restricting. And I want to be free. Do not buy into the lie that freedom is the ability to do whatever you want. Freedom is the ability to do what's right. If freedom was the ability to do whatever you want, I would encourage you, to try that out this week. In fact, don't, don't try that out this week. You pull up to a red light, that's a nice car. I want that car. I got freedom. I'm going to go get that car. You don't cut somebody in the Starbucks line or the DMV line, you might get shot up in here. You can't just always do what you want. You don't have you may have freedom of choice, but you don't have freedom of consequence. But the freedom to do whatever you want, like like I so well sang the song from Simba earlier, that's not real freedom. Real freedom is being able to do what's right. And that's exactly what Jesus allows us to do. He came to set us free, he came to set the captives free. When Jesus came to earth, he brought the kingdom of God in a way that it was never seen or experienced before. And it's still alive today. And because it's not just relegated to a place, I'm, I'm excited about this building too. You now I was looking at the wall, it says, Capitol Temple, God's house, a place of refreshing. And I'm so glad that this church is buying another building. This church is not dying and shutting down. They're advancing the kingdom in a different part of this earth. You guys hear what I'm saying? That's a good thing. But as much as this is God's house, a place of refreshing, they are a people who can be refreshing. So when they go to their new building, they may or may not take this slogan, but it's who they are. It's not relegated to those boundaries. We are moving into this building in a few months or a year or so. And I'm grateful for that. But this building can never replace the church. It'll be a great place to enter in, to live here, to invite people here. But if we're not doing that outside of here, then that's limitations here. But we have the freedom to take God's kingdom and advance it everywhere. How do I know? Because that's what Jesus prayed. And that's what we've done for the last 20 years. You heard Pastor Donnell run through all the places that we met. And nowhere, in no time in our history, did our lack of a building prevent us from being the church. And as we hear Pastor D and so many others say, Jesus never said go to church. He told, he told the church to go. And this is why we do what we do and this is why we believe what we believe. Connect, equip, go. We connect for intimacy so we can enter the kingdom of God. We equip for influence so we can learn how to live in the kingdom of God. And we go for increase so we can invite the kingdom of God everywhere we go. This is the starting. This is the first, but it's not the last. Amen? If you agree with what I said this morning, what God spoke to you, say amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about our church or to watch video sermons, visit gracecovdc.org.